Thanks for joining us and supporting Vikido Fitness. We ask for your continued support by becoming an It's All About Health and Fitness premium member. Go to www.vikidofitness.com forward slash join. Again, that's www.vikidofitness.com forward slash join and register for a $6 monthly subscription. And remember, keep listening, sharing, and checking us out. The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about restoring our health and well-being with a positive mindset and an attitude of gratitude. The question is asked, how can we distress refocus, and get back to healthy living. We can get back on track by stopping the negative self-talk, recharging, and renewing our mindset. We discuss the five proven steps. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks Bright. How are you? Hi, Vicki. How are you? I am fine. It's a beautiful day. It is gorgeous. Oh, my goodness, it's gorgeous. I know. You know, I'm thinking, wow, how many more days are we going to have like this? It's just beautiful. I hope we have enough. (laughs) I do, too. Maybe we'll go into, what is that thing called, Indian summer or something like that? Yes, maybe we'll do that. I'd like that. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm not ready for cold weather. Truly, I'm not. Although, have you turned the heat, heat on in your house? Yes, we had to um, a couple of days ago. <laughs> yeah, it was down to what forty. It was. I had to turn it on. I had to. I had to break break the ice and turn it on. Yes, I did. Yep. So yeah, that's it. But we are ready. We, yeah, we are here, right? We are here and we are ready. Yes, yes. Uh-oh. So much is going on, and yes, we missed last week. I know. I had stuff to do, and you had stuff to do. So yeah, I'm happy to be back. All right. Well, today we talk about restoring our health and well-being with a positive mindset and an attitude of gratitude. And so lately. Every day, there seems to be always something for us to worry and stress out about. And so, yes, we stress out. We stress out about our health, money. We will be able to make ends meet our relationships with our children and family. And so, quite frankly, all of us are probably tired and burnt out right now, most especially with all the stuff and stuff and things and chaos and all kinds of stuff that's going on right now. The question is asked, how can I de-stress? How can I rest, restore my health and well-being? And how can I get back to healthy living? And so, yes, you can get back to healthy living by taking time to develop and strengthen your mindset. And most of all, you can change your mindset and get back to healthy living by practicing gratitude. And so this episode, we will talk about how you can do just that. And I promise you, you will start back on your healthy living journey immediately doing those things that will grant you health, wellness, and happiness. And so I can't wait to share these tips with you later on in this episode. So what do you think, Dee? I'm looking forward to it. Yes. These are stressful times. They are stressful, right? Most especially for you, you know, you guys are still, nobody talks about you guys, but y'all still front runners, y'all up in there. People think it's gone. It's not. We still, we just don't talk about it a lot, but we still in the trenches. We still in the trenches. The war has not let up. We still in the trenches. 
The war has not let up. Exactly. Yes, yes. Listen, folks, I know many of you have um, checked out our Vikido Fitness Health and Wellness website, vikidofitness.com. While you are there, I want you to make sure that you sign up for our newsletter, our email list to receive the updates about our new health wellness webinar trainings and our online programs. And right now we are showcasing our step-by-step weight loss boot camp masterclass online our health and wellness program is our signature 12-week comprehensive weight loss program but you can also sign up for our free course that we have our free course and webinar training called get back to healthy living now these all of these health and wellness programs are there on our website for you to participate in and to get that healthy transformation that you have always wanted. And so I want all of you guys, all of us too, to start living, to start living, get back to healthy living. Make sure you check out all of our online programs that are there for you on our website. And yes, yes, you can, you can do it. Myself and my health experts are here here at Vicky No Fitness to help you achieve your healthy living goals. And so I encourage you to take that step, go directly to vickydofitness.com forward slash training so you can learn more about our online programs and you can sign up and start living today. D, what do we always say? Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Uh, yes, D, uh-huh, I turned on my heat like we were saying. <laughs> I couldn't I, believe I, it. I didn't, I, right, I, right, I, I just asked you this, and here you go. Uh, yeah, I turned mine on, too, because it got down into the 40s, and it was cold. It was cold, you know. Cold. But but it came suddenly. It was hot, then all of a sudden just cold like that. It just it just dropped, right. It just absolutely dropped, exactly. And it always does that. What's up with that? It it is it's it always no. it's not a gradual it's not a gradual, it's like a sudden no. is that climate change? No, it's abruptly stopped. Because I had great visions of trying to get back in, you know, at the gym now, which I'm not really ready to go back, but they have this thing now you can sign up to go swimming, you can sign up and nobody will be in, you know, you can do it with only two people in a lane together and you can sign up so that you don't have to fight with people and all that. So I was thinking about doing something like that. But then, you know what, God works in mysterious ways. It wasn't time for me to go back to the gym anyway. I just rolled right over when it got cold. That's it. <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, uh, nine, yet, nada, no. <laughs> That's it, right? We can do stuff at home, outside. You know, I always encourage people to do that. You know, why why risk all that stuff going on in the gym now? And there's so much, there's so much, so many programs. Our program on Vicido Fitness, but you got all these on-demand programs that they have. So you don't have to really go in the gym, you know, if you no. don't want to. You do not. Mm-hmm. And get your exercise no. on. No, I'm good. I'm straight. <laughs> I am straight. Fall is here. I'm loving it. This is the best time to go outside and breathe that fresh air and enjoy your walks and stuff. And, and so I encourage people, yeah, get out there now. Even if you're just starting back, get out there now. This is the best time to do it. Right, D? Yeah, absolutely. So how was your week, D? Well, my week was kind of busy, and it's going to be busy until sometime in October. I've been, you know, I have become president of the uh, Physicians of Color of the Infectious Disease Society of America, so that's one hat that I've taken on. We're doing a lot of uh, national, we're doing a lot sort of nationally to try to get, do more things, especially with health care disparities, so I'm working on that. And then last week, uh-huh. I had the privilege and honor of presenting a, uh, being on a panel with the head of infectious diseases from the Cleveland Clinic and the vice chair of vascular surgery at the Cleveland Clinic. We did a program on presenting COVID 
to an organization called the President's Council. And the President's Council is a group of African-American men who are CEOs, CFOs, and COOs of different companies in Cleveland. Okay. They wanted an update on COVID, and we divided it up. And there was also another a cardiologist, Dr. Uhat, I believe was his name. Okay. Umesh Uhat. And um, he talked about cardiovascular disease as it relates to COVID and African-Americans. So it was a really, really good panel discussion. And then next week, as I told you, I'm doing a congressional briefing on healthcare disparities in African-Americans, and I'm doing that through the Infectious Disease Society of America. So, yeah, you know, and, and in this position, I'm being, you know, nabbed to write little op-eds or whatever. So, you know, we finally organized and, and you know, and then other than that, there's still work. So I'm still working every day. Right. Uh, yeah, but, you know, just, uh, I don't know. I guess, Vicki, you know, you just have to keep it moving. Like you do. You wear about 50,000 different hats. <laughs> I'm trying to keep you up do. with you. <laughs> I'm trying to I keep up. You got something going. You know, you got you. I was just listening to what you were talking about, your weight loss boot camp, master class, and you're teaching dance, and you got the podcast, and you're doing all kinds of other projects. We have to have a lot of moving parts in our lives. That's it. We keep it moving. I'm trying to keep up with you. We have to keep it moving. <laughs> and we give back to the community. I mean, you know, you're giving back all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always being lauded in the community for the things that you do. So it's all good. It is all good. And guess what? We still hear folks, so we have to take care of our folks. We have to take care of ourselves and do what we can. Yeah, we do. But speaking of one pleasant thing, how about our former co-host? Shout out to Isaac Floyd and his lovely wife on their new baby. I know. Just precious, right? Oh, my God. Beautiful. Beautiful little baby. Baby girl. So shout out, kudos (laughs) to you, Isaac Floyd. Isaac Floyd, go ahead. You are a peppy. <laughs> I know. A new peppy. That's so cute. That is. That is. All right. So what is going on this week? Oh, first uh, news we have to report is so sad. Yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the notorious, uh, and I had just gotten two T-shirts for me and Mary with that. Uh-huh. The notorious Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg died last Friday, September the 18th, 2020. She's the second woman that was appointed to the Supreme Court. She was appointed by President Clinton, I believe, in 1993. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, all of us have been following her career, certainly as women. She came on after Sandra Day O'Connor. Mm-hmm. And she had a documentary. She's had a couple. She had a movie that came out. And then she had a documentary that I saw. I remember I was flying to Europe last year and saw the RBG documentary that she had that was just Mm-hmm. Fabulous, and we know that over the years she struggled with cancer. Mm-hmm. For me, my personal role model was somebody who has endured cancer with grace and with style. And you know, you read, okay, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is back in the hospital. You'd be holding your breath because she had pancreatic cancer. You'd be holding your breath, and you then you'd hear, read that she had to have a stent put in, meaning that there was some kind of obstruction. Mm-hmm. And then she's back in the court or whatever, doing cases. I mean, who does that? I know. She was in her ninth decade, became a much younger generation's unlikely cultural icon with notorious RBG after notorious B.I.G. And she she knew that people called her that. And she said, when we were, you know, you were hearing things about her this past week, she goes, well, why wouldn't I like being called that? We have a lot in common. <laughs> so I love it. She was married to a wonderful guy, Marty Ginsburg. I guess she had two small tumors that were found in her lungs in December 2018. We just kept saying, how can she keep going on? She beat cancer in 1999. She had colon cancer. And then 10 years ago, this early pancreatic cancer. And really, she's lived way longer than anybody that I know of with pancreatic cancer. Big time. She was teeny tiny. I think they said she was 5'1 and weighed 100 pounds, had a exercise regimen. That was also on the RBG documentary where you saw her lifting weights. You could tell she had some osteoporosis. Oh, yeah, but yeah. But she was lifting weights. Mm-hmm. As she passed her 80th birthday, 
and 20th anniversary on the court, this was during Barack Obama's second term, she shrugged off a course of calls for her to retire in order to give a Democratic president the chance to name her replacement. She planned to stay as long as I can do the job full steam. There will be a president after this, and I'm hoping that that president will be a fine president. Um. <laughs> okay, anyway, we're not a partisan show. Crickets. Crickets. Justice Sandra Day O'Connor retired in 2006. Justice Ginsburg was for a time the only woman on the court, hardly a testament to the revolution and the legal status of women that she had helped bring about in her career as a litigator and strategist. So after her came Justice Sotomayor and then, and I don't know which order, and then Justice Elaine Hagan. You know, and for me and for all women, and she, you know, I was listening, looking at some of the Facebook posts by some of my friends, you know, she was big, before, even before she came to the Supreme Court, she fought for women's rights and men's rights too. Right. Um, she was a big, big person with the, the, the signing of Title IX where girls, women and girls got, if you, if you have a credit card in your name, you know, thank her. You have a lot of the rights that women have today without having to get their husbands to sign off on things. It's because of her. She was a silent storm. Yes. She yes. was a silent storm, I, I like to think. And I was looking today a little bit. She's the first woman to mm-hmm. lie in state in the rotunda of the, uh, I think she's lying in state in the Capitol on the same mm-hmm. catapult that um, President Lincoln mm-hmm. was on. Yes, yes. And, I mean, you know, that's a testament to who she was. And her last wish from her granddaughter was that she would hope that she would not be replaced until the next election cricket <laughs> cricket so may she rest in peace she fought the good fight yes she did mm-hmm. she fought the good fight nobody can and she knew she had to know what her death was going to mean oh i know just like what we're seeing now what her death was going to mean and i often said jokingly we all kind of did please god don't let justice ginsburg die before the next election let's proper on a horse there was a movie that Charlton Heston was in maybe 40 years, 50 years ago called El Cid. And it was a Spanish movie about this king or whatever. Anyway, they were getting ready for this big battle and El Cid died. Charlton Heston died. Okay. But the men didn't want the other soldiers on the other side to know that he had died. So Mm -hmm. there's this scene in the movie at the end where El Cid had died and they propped him up on a horse dead stuck a thing up his, you know, up his back so that he looked like he was, and they had him prancing up and down the beach together on a horse that had been trained to prance up and down the beach so that the warriors on the other side thought that he was still alive and still afraid. So it was always like, please, can we just put Justice Ginsburg on a horse and just make make sure that she's alive until this election is over, you know. I know. So yeah. she tried, she knew, but um, it wasn't, you know, it was God's time to take her, and so we just hope that, that all things come together for good, and I don't have anything else to say. I know. I know. So we'll see. We'll see. But we yeah. will, All you can say is we will see. We will see. And may she rest in peace. She lived a good life. Boy. She sure did. Mm-hmm. She lived a good life. Yes, she did. 87. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And a legacy. And a legacy. And a legacy that will be for your future grandchildren, for my grandchildren. Will be will remember her Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Well, I did watch the U.S. Open tennis open, and guess what? Osaka. She got her second. I know. This is her second singles title now. Mm-hmm. And so she beat. I loved it. Yeah, she beat Victoria Azarenka. Yes. Yeah, but the whole thing about her was that every time she would come out and play, you saw her mask on. She would be highlighting all of the black folks that have been shot by the police. These innocent black people being shot. I said, well, look her there. Isn't that something? She sure did. And so, yeah. Some people don't know her background. Her mother was Japanese, right? And her father Mm -hmm. was from Haiti. Is that her background? Yes. Mm -hmm. And she identifies, I mean, she obviously identifies, obviously, as a person of color, correct? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, she brought that out. And so it's funny how that, 
you know, they had problems with that, but she just went on and, and wore her, that's what you call silent protest. She just did her little thing, but we, yeah. we knew what she yeah. was doing. We knew exactly what she was yeah. doing. You and know she, who else did that? Francis, mm-hmm. what was the name of the young man from Maryland? He got far up. Oh, yes. He, he sure Remember did. Him? Yes, yes. Yes. He did too. It was a silent protest. He had it on his shoes and, mm-hmm. and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, Black Lives Matter. He had stuff. Yes, yes, right, yes, yes. Right, right. I remember that. I remember that. But yeah, yeah. she's just 22. So she she got plenty. It's going to be very nice to watch how she grows and, and does well in the tennis world, you know? Yeah, so how do you think, you know, you're, you're tennis with your girls. So how do you think Sloane Stevens coming along? I mean, why can't she just get that momentum to just, you mm-hmm. know, to, to keep it moving? I don't know. What is it? I, I and think, Madison Keene. I think they're distracted or something. I don't know what's going on. They oh. they don't have, they're, they're not like, you know, the Williams sisters. You know, they would practice and practice. You never, I'm not saying they, they don't practice, but you know, the Williams uh-huh. sisters, man, they lived and, and breathed. They still do now. Live and breathe tennis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's gotta be. It's gotta be part of the fabric of your being. It has to be it, and I. I think they just distracted with things. You know what I mean? That's my opinion. I don't think it's all about tennis. Well, in order to be a winner like Serena, who's coming up on 38, it's got to be part of the fabric of your being because this young lady has gone through blood clots, baby, that's the whole it. bit. That's it. Come back at that level. At yes. That level. Yes. It's unbelievable at that level playing women that are 20 years younger than she is. That's it. But see, she has wisdom. You know, it's just like when I always say that the young folks, yeah, they have that stamina. But as we get older, we have the wisdom where we, we'll just, like, you could see uh, Serena when she plays, she'll just hit it right where it's supposed to go. She ain't she ain't uh-huh. running too much now. She ain't killing herself. But see, <laughs> she has that wisdom, you know. She could probably do a lot of things in her sleep. It's so automatic. But Naomi, she is, she's doing the do too. So we'll see because she, you could definitely see that she has that drive can't you see that when she plays oh yeah most definitely most definitely she has that drive yep she does Mm -hmm. she absolutely does which is different from the others so we shall see but yeah we were talking about the latest that came up with brianna taylor you know we got to add that in that's just going to be ongoing. The uh, attorney general just announced that uh, one one police officer will be charged. The, I guess there were two others who will not be charged. The, what is the, the attorney general who got on, the, the top cop of, the, of Kentucky? Okay. And I, I, mean, I have to admit he gave a very poignant report, a very sensitive, because he happened to be African-American. Okay. And talked about how, you know, I mean, really just outlining the thing about you have to separate emotions from the law, that they looked at this, that, and the other, that the grand jury did this, that, and the other. You know, the same old, same old, same old. I don't know all, I don't know all the facts in the case, mm-hmm. but I know Louisville right now is upset. I do know that a young woman is dead from six bullets. Yes. With that's a fact, because they did say that today, because he said five, and then the reporters called him on it and said, well, the reports are saying six, and he goes, well, yeah, there was one in her foot. So we'll see. They, there was a civil suit that was won by my friend, attorney Benjamin Crump. I happen to know him through my mm-hmm. brother-in-law, Bob Harris. Ben is a very nice man, but, uh, you know, looks like he's got all the all the cases on the, where the police, you know, whether it's uh, police, and I think he has a Floyd case as well, but they won 12 million dollars last week civil suit okay but you know i mean that's a lot of money i'm sure her mother would rather have her back oh big time big time you know Mm -hmm. so so a civil suit is one thing but the family also wants justice yes so we will see how all the family wants justice so you know like i said i don't know all the facts in the case you know i'm an armchair lawyer like everybody else or armchair police so i don't know what the facts of the case were but what we do know is that a young lady is dead from six bullets that's it while she was sleeping in her bed while she was 
sleeping in her bed. And there are all kinds of questions about whether the knock was loud, whether it was loud enough, whether there was a, a sufficient warning, and this, that, and the other. All that will have to be decided when he goes to court and this, that, and the other. But right now, last night, I saw that the police and everybody's all out because they're expecting protests tonight, and they've already started. I was watching television before I was talking to you, and they, it looks like they're peaceful protests, which people are entitled to do. Hopefully, there won't be any, you know, ridiculous looting and all that other stuff. But, you know, people have to understand that Again, this is not a partisan show, but people have to understand that people are tired of seeing injustice yes. in situations. People mm-hmm. are just tired of seeing injustice in situations, and that's all I'm going to say. So we'll we'll see how the court system turns out. And, you know, the other thing is that thank God for cell phones today. I know. You know, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years, this stuff wasn't filmed. So now that we have cell phones so much is revealed that would never have been revealed. So, you know, we'll just see how things go. But that's just hot off the press. That just came out about an hour ago. I know. Breonna oh. Taylor's situation. So, yes. For the very first time ever, Oprah had her on the front cover of her magazine. Really? I got it because I know it's going to be a collector's item. You know, for how many years Oprah's had that magazine, it's only been her. But Breonna Taylor was on maybe a month or so ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, every show we have a health tip, and this time our health tip is unstable resistance training benefits older adults. And this is an article that can be found in the Idea Fitness Journal. And so it says unstable resistance training benefits older adults. Another study exploring the cognitive benefits of exercise affirms the positive effects of unstable resistance training. Many fit pros use balance training tools to help clients train for fall prevention and to improve core control. As it turns out, using these props boosts brain fitness too. Researchers from Germany's University of Kassel Institute of Sports and Sports Science found that mental fitness improved when they combine resistance training with balance for older men and women. Investigators divided subjects between ages 65 and 79 years of age into three training groups, unstable free weight resistance training and two types of stable machine-based resistance training. Now, participants train twice a week on non-consecutive days for 10 weeks. Data analysis showed that older adults who did the unstable free weight training program improve working memory, processing speed, and response inhibition. Scientists found no improvements in executive function for those in the stable resistance training groups. And so this study can be found in Scientific Reports, um, the 2020 Volume 10 version. And so I thought that was interesting how doing the unstable, unstable means that, you know, you have your free weight, your free weight training. Um, A lot of times we also include you sitting on a ball as you use your free weights um, versus stable. Stable means that you are at one of the weight machines, the multi-weight machines that has the, um, you know, the cables and stuff like that. So using those free weights, those ones that, that are just sitting around the house, I encourage folks to grab those and do some resistance training. Just a few things, even if you're just doing some bicep curls and tricep curls, do those because I guess apparently the research, we always knew that there were benefits for us as we age, but now it's showing that it it boosts our brain fitness so we can think better and understand. So that's good, right? (laughs) I need to do more of that than to have them on the side of my bed and stubbing my toe every time I try to get in bed. Look down and like, why don't you use these weights? Why do you keep Stubbing your toe on the way to the next to the bed. See, <laughs> bang, right? Stop it. That's it. You got to use him. <laughs> That's Stop it. it. I have two. Se- I'm embarrassed to 
tell you, Vicky, though, I have two sets of weights on the floor. Oh, my goodness. My oh, my goodness. <laughs> and all I do is stub my toe on them. <laughs> now, that's true confession. Today, I'm going to start using them after listening to you today. Yes. Today is a new day. It's a new day. You don't have to do a lot. Just do your basic. Today is a new day. Yes. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. Yes. <laughs> so what's the latest, D? What's the latest? Well, just a couple of articles that I wanted to bring up. The first one was something that was really kind of unprecedented. The CDC this week put uh, some information on their website, and then within a day, they yanked it down. So just days after publishing significant new guidance on airborne transmission for the coronavirus, on Monday, they withdrew their advice saying only that it had been posted in error. Now, the rapid reversal prompted consternation among scientists and well, first of all, let me tell you what they put. They put, they had put on there finally that essentially that the virus was airborne. I mean, that's essentially what they put on there, that the virus was airborne. Okay. And then within 24 hours, they yanked that off. Now, the rapid reversal prompted consternation among scientists and again called into question the credibility of the world's premier health agency, even as President Trump and his senior health officials have sought to undermine the CDC. The president faces an election whose outcome may turn on public perception of his handling of the coronavirus pandemic. And again, I'm reading this from the New York Times. It's not our opinion. Turns out arrived as the number of cases approached 200,000. And we have reached over today, uh, yesterday, I believe, 200,000 cases. So it was just one of those kind of things. Still, the reversal prompted rebuke from even the CDC's staunchest reporters, a physician who will ultimately become the president of my organization, Dr. Carlos Del Rio. Okay. Said, it's not something that instills a lot of confidence in us right now. It doesn't help at all. Other scientists said it was hard to understand how a document of such public health importance could have been posted without careful vetting. And my comment is that in the history of the CDC, those of us that know the CDC, infectious disease, the CDC would never, ever, I repeat, ever, a hundred times, put something up on their website unless they had vetted it 20, 30, 40, 50 times. Okay. So my take on this is that the first placing of this was true, and for whatever reason, they took it down. Okay. It has never happened in the history of the Center for Disease Control and so we will just see what happens. So yesterday, Dr. Fauci was asked by Sanjay Gupta, uh -huh. well, you know, what is this situation with aerosol, airborne, and droplet? And unfortunately, Dr. Fauci has kind of, you know, he's since sitting. I personally wish he would resign so he can maintain his integrity because Dr. Fauci has kind of been our godfather since the early AIDS epidemic. And I feel personally that he's getting embroiled in a situation where he will only be remembered for the debacle or whatever that's created around this situation, not all the good that he has done mm -hmm. in the last 40 years in infectious diseases. So Sanjay was asking Dr. Fauci, mm -hmm. he says, well, you know, it's not really important whether it's aerosolized or airborne versus droplet. It's important that we wear a mask. Well, Sanjay pointed out, well, Dr. Fauci, it is important because in trying to get people to wear their mask, if you're in a restaurant or a bar or some open place, uh -huh. and they're telling you, well, it's only droplet, so if you're, if you're away from somebody beyond six feet, ah, maybe you can take your mask off. Well, but if it's airborne and aerosolized from somebody coughing, talking, or it is in the air, you're going to want to keep your mask on more often than not, whether you're within six feet of somebody or not. Right. It's in the air. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So, yes, it does make a difference whether or not they come out and say it's aerosolized and airborne. And Sanjay, good for him. Yes. Good for him. Yeah, um Dr. Fauci on that. And so Fauci, of course, would not relinquish his position. And so it's just making us have a little bit of, you know, looking at him with a raised eyebrow now, unfortunately. So that's the story on that. And then the next article was... Uh -huh. You know, we're in vaccine development now, and the FDA has come out because everybody's like, well, you know, if the CDC is shaky, well, the FDA is going to be shaky and putting out, back, you know, approving vaccines. And they just put out, day before yesterday, yesterday, 
they had plans to issue strict guidelines for the emergency authorization of any new corona vaccine. And in essence, the head of the, the FDA said that the guidelines, which may be formally released as early as this week if approved by the White House, would lay out more specific criteria for clinical trial data and recommend that the data be vetted by a committee of independent experts before the FDA authorizes any vaccine. So, for example, there are two vaccines right now that have almost finished their clinical trials and will probably be out by the end of October, beginning of November, Pfizer and Moderna. Okay. Both of them require two doses. So what the new guidelines are going to be, strict guidelines from the FDA, is that before they evaluate the efficacy and side effects of these two vaccines, they're going to have to wait until the second vaccine is given, and then two months after that. So if they have data from the two vaccines at the beginning of November or whatever, FDA meets and it's going to take a couple weeks before they decide this, that, or the other or whatever, we're going to easily be into like February. Okay. And that's just going to be the first rollout. So really, as we're all saying, probably will not have a vaccine until the third or fourth quarter of 2021. But I'm glad they're coming out. My only point is that, uh, however, the FDA is under the government. Okay. And Operation Warp Speed, I want to explain this to everybody, too. Operation Warp Speed was developed in March. The government overseeing organization that was just formed in uh, March of 2020 for the COVID. And under this, that's run by the government, Department of Health and Human Services. Under that is not only Department of Health and Human Services, but the CDC, the FDA, the Veterans Administration, and NIH. Oh. So they're all under this umbrella, and at the top is the President of the United States, who has veto and say-so power over all of these agents. Because I have a friend who works for the the, uh, the, uh, Public Health Service, and I said, well, when you were in there, who was ultimately your boss? Well, it starts at at the White House. So even though the FDA is coming out and saying they're going to be strict, uh, you know, it, it remains to be seen. We'll just have to proceed with caution, Vicky. Oh, big time. Wow. You can tell I'm passionate and adamant about this. It's just that organizations that we've looked up to, and I served on the FDA for three years in Washington. Okay. Going back and forth. Uh Uh-huh. You know, these are organizations that you looked up to. You would never question the FDA. You'd never question the CDC. And now we're questioning our governmental organizations that we've we've leaned on for our health care for decades. I know. I just have a problem with that. That's the latest. Yeah, and that's scary, kind of, I think. Very scary. Very scary. When they're talking about pushing out 300 million doses of a vaccine that's been approved by the FDA, what kind of pressure still, despite the fact that they say they're going to be strict? Ah, well, I mean, how strict? We don't, we'll never know who's pulling the strings, like a marionette. We will see. That's all I can say. We will see. I don't think I'll be in that vaccine line, vaccination line. I Mm -mm. I just know I won't be. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Vicki Haywood-Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood-Doe Consulting Co., doing business as Vicki Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs, initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at vikidofitness.com. To find out more about our own site and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. 
Today, we talk about restoring and recharging our lives with positive mindset and gratitude. And we are faced with many challenges today and every day, you know, and some of that may cause us to be stressed out, to lose sight of our healthy living plans, but we all can get back on track and get back to healthy living by renewing our mindset and by taking on an attitude of gratitude. And so that's why today I decided, I said, you know what? We need to be recharged up. We need to be on point on what we need to do to get back to healthy living. And so I'm going to talk today with you guys and leave you guys with a few points and health tips to help us to restore, but we're going to think about our mindset. We're going to think about our mindset and we're going to restore with mindset, positive mindset and gratitude. And so the question is, how can we be happier people? How can we be more positive? Well, we can, and that is by gaining back control of our lives. And so a researcher, a psychologist, Dr. Mark Seliman, he was one of the co-founders of Positive. I don't know if you guys have heard of positive psychology, but he developed this theory in the field of positive psychology. And this theory is called learned helplessness. Learned helplessness is a phenomenon whereby individuals believe that they are incapable of changing their circumstances after repeatedly experiencing stressful and bad situations. And so this mindset leads to the notion that our actions do not matter. Seliman, he explored the idea and said, you know what, if we can learn to be helpless, we certainly can learn to be optimistic. And so he worked on his work, his research, looked at what he called learned optimism. And he discovered the role of our cognitive, how we think, our cognitive processes, and how it plays into our own happiness. What he discovered with his research is that if we gain back control of our lives, we can be happier people and we can actually have a positive mind and a positive outlook on life. And so, yes, we can control how we think. We can have a positive mindset, but it has to be learned. Can optimism be learned? Yes, it can. We can have a positive outlook. We can change our mindset. And according to Seliman, optimism, and let's really think about that. It's not just saying, because we talk about saying positive affirmations or phrases or, you know, looking at positive images of victory and all of those type of things. But, you know, it's more than that. Optimism It is in the way we think about situations and events that happen in our life. And so with a joyful and positive outlook on life, we can be in a much better position to enhance our health and our well-being. Yes, we can control our lives with a positive mindset. We can actually live a happy life. I know some of you going, okay, yeah, right. But. Yes, we can. Changing your mindset or beliefs is just as important, just as important as changing your physical habits. And so we always talk about exercise and nutrition and all of that type of thing for achieving our health and wellness goals. But guess what? We need to change our mindset because that's important as well. Why? Because a mindset, a positive mindset You need to have that so that it can support your reasoning and support the why you are doing habit change. And so what is a positive mindset? Well, it's flexible, it's open-minded, patient, positive, and accepting, right? It focuses on possible successes rather than fear of failing. Let's talk about fear of failing. Your mindset, if you have what is called fear of failing. And that's what a lot of us have as to why we don't 
do the things that we need to do to change our lifestyle so that we can become more healthy because a lot of us have said, we have said to ourselves, you know, guess what? I've tried that over and over again and I never really lose the weight. It comes back on or, you know, I never exercise. I start exercising um, consistently and then I drop off. Then we develop that fear of failing and we don't want to start our exercise routine or start doing those habits that will cause habit change, healthy habit change. It's important for us to think about this. If your mind is consumed with the fear of failing, then you may bring to life the very thoughts that you wish to avoid. So let's focus. If you focus on success, you will be most likely to create your desire. And first and foremost, you need to accept the fact, we all need to accept the fact that everyone fails and no one is perfect. And believe, believe that you will learn and grow with every failure. And that's important, even though we're talking about health and wellness. You know, most of us think about fear of failing and success and belief that we'll learn from our failures. But we always think of that when we think of careers and other goals. But that's important when we think about our healthy living plan of action, you know, believing that, yes, we might have failed that time, the first attempt or a couple attempts of losing weight, but we certainly can look back and learn and grow from our failure and get back up and going. And so failure promotes learning. I want you to remember this. Failure promotes learning and learning promotes success. And so the more success and wins that we have, most especially now that we're talking about healthy living, the more success that we can have. Getting out today and just walking just for 30 minutes and being successful with that, that's one win. The more you have many of those one wins or two wins, <laughs> you are more motivated, right? I agree. Yes. And so then you can develop self-confidence and self-efficacy and that within itself will give you more control of your life and therefore you will feel happier. I think, I think that all of us want to live a life of happiness and freedom. We can do that by resetting our mindset and strengthening our mindset and practicing positive thoughts. We can do it and what we call learn optimism. And so, yes, let us make that commitment to reset our mindset. Now, strengthening your mindset does take time and determination because, you know, a lot of us do what we say. We, we participate in negative self-talk. Don't we? Don't we? Just that Absolutely. negative, that negative self-talk. So how do we strengthen our mindset? We have to strengthen it by turning and changing into doing what we call positive self-talk instead of negative. Our goal should be for us to start today to rise above the negative self-talk. Rise above it. I know we can, right? What are some instances of negative self-talk? I can name one right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why am I doing this walking and stuff? You know, I still, exactly. right. I still look this way or I still don't feel right or just anything to down yourself. We, we self-sabotage ourselves. I always say, you know, sometimes we have to take ourselves out and look at ourselves and shake ourselves and go, wow. You know, some of us, if ourself, the way we talk to ourselves. If we would listen to that, we wouldn't be friends with ourselves because, yeah. because we just talk so nasty. We talk more nasty to ourselves than regular people. We do. Isn't it the truth? <laughs> we do. Don't we? Yeah. We absolutely do. So, you know, let's really start doing that self-love, that positive self-talk. Practice that. And guess what? Over time, it will strengthen our mindset and we will have 
what we call a positive mindset. And with a positive mindset, you are controlling, you're taking control of your life. And therefore, you will be able to get back to healthy living and practice your healthy living change. I want to leave though, I want to leave with this as well. Yes, we want to get back to healthy living by having a positive mindset, but we also want to practice gratitude because guess what? Studies, studies have shown that folks who practice gratitude on a regular basis have more compassion and have more energy. Let's practice gratitude. Let's begin and end our day with gratitude. Now, I'm going to talk about this study that you would definitely be interested in. This study was found in General Hospital Psychiatry. The researchers, Milstein, this study was done 2016, examined 156 post-acute coronary syndrome patients, so ACS patients, and the effects of optimism and gratitude on self-reported adherence to medical recommendations. And the medical recommendations were the usual, you know, eating right, the diet, the exercise, medication adherence, taking your medication, stress reduction. They looked and examined and looked at what these patients were saying on their self-reported adherence. And then they also looked at their mental and physical health related to quality of life. And optimism and gratitude were measured at two weeks post their acute coronary syndrome and also at six months later. And so the results showed that optimism and gratitude at two weeks post ACS were associated with higher self-reported adherence to the medical recommendations and improved emotional well-being even up to six months later. That is so powerful to know that optimism and gratitude can be a part of the healing process. So certainly we can think about that as we try to get back to being healthy. I want all of us to write down right now. Let's make that commitment. Number one, we're going to have, we're going to change our mindset. We're going to practice self-positive talk so that we can strengthen our mindset. But I also want us to practice gratitude. Let us take on an attitude of gratitude. I want us to pull out I want you to pull out your gratitude journal because I know some of us started that, doing that. And I want us to write down at least four things that you are grateful for. And I want you to get in the habit, the healthy habit. This is a healthy habit of writing in your gratitude journal every night. And so I want you to do that. I want you to put that as your healthy habit writing in your gratitude journal. Here's something else I want you to do. You want to practice gratitude, but let's do it like this. I want you to do five simple practices each day so that you can get back into the habit of healthy living. These five simple practices have been proven by research. If you do these, you will reap the benefits of what we've just talked about, a positive mindset, happiness, and fulfillment, and you will reap the benefit of getting back into living healthy. And so number one, I want you to practice gratitude. We already talked about that. We want you to write down, I want you to write down four things that you are grateful for before bed, and that will be moving in the right direction. If you practice gratitude, it can help tackle this mindless complaining and negative thoughts. So practice gratitude. Number two, keep it moving. You know, D and I, Dr. D and I, we always talk about keeping it moving. So exercise. Yes, exercise releases endorphins. So you got to get up off the couch. This is the time to be outside in this good weather. I really do. Yes. Yep. 
exercise it releases endorphins which have a direct positive impact on our mood so adding some aerobic exercise is proven to be effective in increasing feelings of happiness and optimism get back to nature that's step number three get back to nature combine your aerobic exercise with nature take a walk in the park a run in the park bike along the wooded trails out there you know simply spending time outdoors has been proven to enhance our mood and to make us happy step number four let's practice mindfulness These are simple steps that we can take so that we can reap the benefits, right? We can reap the benefits and they will help us to have a positive mindset. Certainly practicing mindfulness, you will be on the right track. If you practice mindfulness throughout the day, it will help you. You will be able to be more aware of your emotions and your feelings as you experience situations it will help you to let go negative experiences and allow room to appreciate positive experiences and emotions and last but not least this will be the fifth simple step that i want you to do to help you get in that positive mindset and to get back to healthy living and that is spend quality time with loved ones right Socializing with friends and loved ones have many health benefits such as feelings of happiness and well-being. Spending quality time with family is an awesome way to reap the benefits of happiness and fulfillment. And you can still do that even now in the pandemic. We can still spend time with our loved ones, FaceTime my friends. You know, I'm always, D and I, Dr. D and I just talked about how we need to reach out to a couple of our friends, you know, so I'm a call. I always try to make sure I call periodically and say, you know what? Right. How are you doing? Right, D? Exactly. As simple as that. How are you doing? And so, yes, folks. Yes, folks. I will leave you with those five simple steps that you can do, try to do every day. That attitude of gratitude, happiness, get that happiness and fulfillment. And most of all, get back to healthy living. And so, yes, believe in yourself. You can transform into a healthy, strong, and fit person. You can feel good and energized. You can change your mindset, and you can be consistent. So, yes, I know some of us, you know, with all this stuff going on, we have been lax on our health and wellness goals. But, yeah, let's get back. Let's start now. Get back to healthy living. So what do you say, D? Everything that you said makes perfect sense, especially it's so important now with the era of COVID. You know, mental health and, and, and well-being and all that's going to be talked about for months to years to come about how this has impacted all of us. And everything that you've said now, which is why, you know, looking outside, I'm thinking to myself, after I'm done here, I'm going to go walk a little bit. Yes. You know, you've got to get motivated. you got to get motivated to walk a little bit, to do a little something because, this can put you in a funk. Everything that you said is, makes perfect sense, and it's so applicable for today. Yes, today. And so those are your tips, or do you want to add some more since this is the end of our show? No, I think you've covered everything. I think you have covered everything. And But one other point that I wanted to make about the failure thing, you know, it yes. is one of those things about fear of failure. And it's, another one of my pet peeves about younger people is that we as parents don't allow our kids to fail growing up. So that fear of failure extrapolates all into their adulthood so that when they fail a test or fail losing weight or fail this, they can't handle it. So you can't have everybody on a team getting a trophy. There can't be 15 (laughs) valedictorians in a class. You know, somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose. So uh, this has been a, a big pet peeve of mine for a long time when kids get to Uh, graduate school and beyond, they get their first failure and they're ready to kill themselves. So I think that's a very good point that you made, that fear of failure thing. Yes, we have to, you know, learn. We learn from our failures. That's the key. And we're able to get back up and let's learn 
and let's move on to success. That's what I say. And that's for everything. Yep. That's for everything. That's for healthy living. That's it, right? Exactly. And as always, for more information, go to our website, www.vickidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, email us, go on Facebook, and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com.